Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Running. Berto Will, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. And today is Alistair Daughter's Day because she is typing for mama. I love to see when we have that great relationship between mom and daughter. And she's so happy to type for Alistair. That's wonderful. So today is Alistair Waters' Daughter's Day. Day. Bridge MCP is in the house, folks. Welcome aboard Bridge MCP. Bridge MCP became a member of the Pacifica Network today. Thank you, Bridge. While we were fundraising at Pacifica Network and my call-ins were slow, 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 you know, it's the first day at, of, a, of a fundraising at KPFT, and she called in and she became the first contributor and as usual, right at the end, that's when I got a couple more contributors. And we know that on Monday, we're going to have a wash and we're going to have a whole bunch of folks contributing to KPFT to become a part of the Pacifica Network. We have five major stations and over two, I think it's over 300 affiliate stations that we work with. It's a great network. We are in a little bit of financial stresses because of every nonprofit right now is, but the, the, the Pacifica Network we're rebuilding We're we, with all our networks. We have five flagship stations, one in Oakland, one in California, Berkeley, one in, in LA, one in DC, one in New York, and one in Texas, KPFT in Texas. Huge network with a whole lot of affiliates. So when you guys call into my show in uh, at KPFT in Houston, know that you're going to get coverage all over the place. Anyhow, welcome aboard E2247. Welcome to Politics Done Right. As well, welcome to Tom C. is in the house. He says, hi all, it's cold day in hell, Michigan. Does that mean Republicans have finally become compassionate human beings? Come on, Tom C. You know the answer to that. Yvette Avery Herod, our one and only union expert who knows it all about unions and who fights the fight for us. She gives us direction when we need direction on unionization and what it means. And likewise, we have Alistair Waters in the house with her daughter doing the typing for her. Anyway, um, anyway, folks, we're going to have a great show for you today. We're going to have a great show. Paul Fleming is in the house. I don't want to miss anybody as well as Lee Grant. Lee Grant with his, you know, Lee Grant is very short. Hi, all. Come on, Lee. Take the Texan out of you for a bit. Say, howdy, folks. How are we doing today? Alistair Water is giggling at Tom C. All right. We have a great show for you today. We got a great show for you today. You know, I am, let's see, how do I say that? Oh, you know what? We have a great show and what's loaded are all the clips from last show, which was yesterday. So I'm deleting those clips from yesterday and I've got to, while I'm speaking to you, I've got to duplicate my mind, split my mind in two so I can recall where I have the new clips and I'm putting in the new clips as we speak because, and it's all about the economy today, folks. It's all about the economy. Uh, it's all about the economy. Oh, those are two of the same clips. What am I thinking? Am I getting old? No, I'm not getting old. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. There's the other clip. Go for it. There is the other clip. All right, great. Anyhow, 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 today we had a wonderful, a wonderful jobs report. That's where I'm going to stop that. We had a wonderful jobs report. Let's give our president a chance to brag about it. And then we'll come and talk a little bit. 
President Biden has taken a much-deserved, much-earned victory lap for what the economy is doing. He created 517,000 jobs in January. And, he, you know, if you think about it, if Trump had done this, he would it would have been a big parade, everything. But, you know, you know, he's a little cool cat. And I want you to listen to what he has to say with respect to how uh, he believes the programs that he created are under the guise of the, the Democratic Party are directly responsible for bringing investment back into the United States. We're also um, ensuring that there are jobs created that are good jobs locally as opposed to being exported. Check it out. Then we'll take it on the other side. Today, I'm happy to report that the state of the union and the state of our economy is strong. We learned this morning that the economy has created 517,000 jobs just last month. More than half a million jobs in just the month of January. In addition, we also learned that we there are half a million more jobs created last year than we thought. So the January report is updated. I mean, excuse me, the December report is updated. Add that all up, it means we've created 12 million, 12 million jobs since I took office. That means we have created more jobs in two years than any presidential term, than any time in two years. That's the strongest two years of job growth in history by a long shot. As my dad used to say, a job's about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. And 12 million more Americans get up every morning knowing they can provide for their families with the dignity and sense of self-worth that have been missing. We also learned that the unemployment rate fell to 3.4%, 3.4%. That's the lowest in 54 years. In fact, the last time unemployment rate was that low was May of 1969. Think about that. And what's more, black and Hispanic unemployment are near record lows. This matters. The more working age folks come into the labor market looking for jobs last month than have in a while. That is, remember all the talk about no one looking for, we need more people coming into the market. Well, more people are coming into the market looking for jobs and getting jobs. A positive sign for the health of the economy going forward. And even as the job market reaches historic highs, inflation continues to come down. Inflation has now fallen for six straight months. Gas prices are down more than $1.50 a gallon since their peak. Food inflation is falling as well. And as inflation is coming down, take-home pay for workers is going up. Real wages are up. Wages for lower-income, middle-income workers have gone up even more. A couple, a couple of that with a 2.9% economic growth last quarter. And here's where we stand. The strongest job growth in history, the lowest unemployment rate in 54 years, manufacturing rebounding at a faster rate than in the last 40 years, inflation coming down, real, races, real wages going up, but moderately going up, not going through the roof, the economy growing at a solid clip. Put simply, I would argue the Biden economic plan is working. For the past two years, we've heard a chorus of critics write off my economic plan. They said it's just not possible to grow the economy from the bottom up and the middle out. They said we can't bring back American manufacturing. They said we can't make things in America anymore. That somehow adding jobs was a bad thing. Well, or that the only way to slow down inflation was to destroy jobs. Well, today's data makes crystal clear what I've always known in my gut. These critics and cynics are wrong. 
While we may face setbacks along the way, and there will be some, there's more work to do, it's clear. Our plan is working because of the grit and resolve of the American worker. <clears throat> We're gonna keep lowering costs for families from lowering costs in healthcare, prescription drugs, clean energy. Because we passed that legislation, we're gonna be rolling it out this whole year. We're gonna keep seeing shovels hitting the ground all around the country to rebuild the infrastructure and supply chains, manufacturing more here at home. And in, in communities across the country that were too easily written off for dead, we're gonna not only see jobs coming back, but a sense of self-worth and pride coming back. Nothing worse than when a city has a major manufacturer leave, shut down, and all of a sudden, uh, your kid getting out of high school or college says, Mom, we gotta move. Nothing here for me anymore. Nothing here. Well, I'm intent on changing that in the heartland as well. That's how we build an America where we all can take pride in working, working families, having good jobs, and a little more breathing room. And as the economy grows from the bottom up and the middle out, this is my objective for the long haul. Trickle-down economics works for one group of Americans. It doesn't work for everybody. And so this is what it's all about. So I'm heading off to Philadelphia. And uh, if you want to ask me a question about the economy, but I'm not going to answer any question about anything else because you never will cover this. Mr. President, why did you blame for inflation? Should you just president? Taking blame for inflation? No. Why not? Because it was already there when I got here, man. Remember what the economy was like when I got here? Jobs were hemorrhaging. Inflation was rising. We weren't manufacturing a damn thing here. We were in real economic difficulty. That's why I don't. Don't you like how this piece ended, though? Some reporter do you take any blame for inflation he didn't give the standard democratic answer which would have gone into details well the stimulus may have added x point x percentage in inflation but the real core of the inflation is created he didn't go into all of that kind of mumbo jumbo the, the reporter said did are you do you feel any responsibility for inflation and he says no and then it gets, and the reason that he gives, look at the state of the economy when I came here, I fixed it. Now, uh, he ended it there. He could have gone a step further and said, and remember, a lot of that inflation is caused by the greed of those in this economic system. And if they don't stop it, we will pass laws. We will pass the windfall tax laws. We will pass laws to take away the ability for the small amount of people in the plutocracy to pilfer or the, uh, to execute the pilfering on the American people. Good job. Love the way you end it. No, no equivocation. You're not accepting responsibility for inflation. It is the thugs in ties who created it, and it's the thugs in ties who should stop it. The corporate executives that are pilfering the American people. Exactly. But I am so happy he did that. Did you create it? Are you responsible or feel any responsibility for inflation? Hell no. I came here after Trump destroyed the economy and I'm trying to repair it. And that inflation and all that good stuff that caused it is because of corporate greed and all the screwy things done under the Trump administration. So no, I take no responsibility. I was so happy he didn't take the 
the long-winded answer a Democrat would give where would say, well, you know, 0.1%, according to, um, uh, to studies done, oh, 0.4% of the inflation was caused by the stimulus, but uh, another 4% was caused by the supply chain issues, but 4% was actually charged by corporate greed. Once you do that, the mainstream media, which is biased to the right, which is biased to the corporatocracy, would have given the headline. Biden accepts partial blame for inflation. You see, now what they have to report now is Biden says he is not responsible for inflation. That is, you know, people look at this guy as if he's some sort of an old man that can't think. Look, I don't agree 100% with Biden. Well, actually, I'm in probably 50% agreement with Biden, actually. I am not a Biden fan. But I am very impressed with how Biden gets the democratic, the current democratic message out as it should. And I respect him for that. I support him for that. If he's a candidate again, I will support him again. I want a more progressive Democrat to go out there and sell themselves to the poor, to the poor right and the poor left, to the middle class right and the middle class left because when we ask all those people I just mentioned, what is it that you want? What would make your life better? It is progressive policies that all of us support that actually they want. So we can win them over with progressive policies. All right. Bridge MCP just wrote, wish MTG McCarthy, uh, McCarthy and that other guy, not Trump, who all said anti-Semitic remarks were held to the same. But Omar is about Muslim, period, not Jews. Exactly. Exactly. All of those guys that, that are attacking her are, in fact, true, real anti-Semite. She's not one. She's not an anti-Semite like MD, MTG. She's not an anti-Semite, you know, like Trump. Trump went, went in front of a Jewish audience and said uh, talk about the Benjamins in front of the Jewish audience. Come on, man. But again, reporting that you get on the news, don't you know? They'll 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 beat up on Omar, uh, uh, ill on Omar, but they won't do it where they should, right? Bridge, you're gonna have to give me something, my dear beautiful lady. Hamal Waddell's Birmingham, New York, was trying to break up a fight and was arrested and leg on neck arrested. No national coverage. Break the New York, uh, breaking the New York Eric Garner law. Please, please, please. If you have a link with a video right now, throw it out for me. We'll go ahead and we'll put it on. Uh, let's see what else we got here. E2247 says, nowhere in the U.S. A full-time worker paid federal minimum wage of $7.25 can uh, make ends meet, yet many restaurants workers are paid sub-minimum $2.13. Where did I hear that? Oh, you put that on my show earlier today. That is so true, E2247. So true. A Hamal Waddell arrest was January 1st. Let's get to that, baby. Uh, E2247 says, it's time to end starvation wages for tipped workers. I agree. It's time to end starving wages to soldiers, sailors, Marines, airmen, Coast Guardsmen. Provide them world-class child care, paid quality housing. Stop counting them as employed. You, you made a mention of that, how they, they, they squibble the numbers with that. So right. Uh, Bree says the labor market is still hot, but not that hot. 
was the headline on Research Note Friday from Oxford Economics, a global forecasting and analyst firms. But even though Zandi expects the figure to be revised down significantly in subsequent Labor Department reports, he said it still shows the job market is far from struggling. And that's good news for workers and for our economy. There had been some hand-winging that the economy was really struggling at the end of last year, coming into this year. And I even heard some folks thinking we're already going into a recession. He said this should put the fear to the, uh, this should put that fear to rest. In other words, no, no recession here. But remember, Republicans are going to try everything to throw us into a recession. This job reports mean that they are going to likely try to hold us hostage to the debt crisis. What I say we need to do going forward, uh, and I think they're probably working on that, is to have a uh, that bill that they can pass without the speaker. There's a, there's a term that is used so that you can, you can force a bill to the floor without the speaker. I guarantee you a lot of Republicans will vote for that bill. All right, Eric says people have multiple jobs. Those numbers don't include the big layoffs coming in tech sector, actually, sir. The, the tech sector layoff is not even 100,000 people. And even if you were to add 100,000 people to that jobs report, it brings it down to 417, which is more than twice still the amount uh, that we expected the growth to be. So again, stop trying to, to, you know, stop trying to do it. The problem is this, that Republicans don't know how to manage economies, period, period. And that the numbers tell it. You look at Republican administrations, Democratic administration. The Republican administrations always lag the Democratic organizations, administration. That's just a mathematical fact. And if it happens every single time, it's not a statistical anomaly. In fact, it is outside of the statistical window, the statistical range. That Democratic president, the economy does very well under Democratic presidents relative to Republican presidents every single uh, election. But he says Dems uh, adopt an allocation that gives a Republican-led precinct three only $173 million, almost $50 million. Look, I wouldn't even bother bringing that stuff up about Harris County because the, 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 the county that's controlled by the one Republican is a rural county that does not require a whole lot. You try to dig up a, a mile of street in 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 a in in a city, it costs you a lot of money. You dig up a mile of street in the rural areas, it costs you next to nothing. You're not going to get for infrastructure, etc., more money so that you can go pad uh, pad the pad the folks who then are going to try to overthrow the current government. No, you don't do that. If you want money for for your roads, request the money for your roads. Julie Henderson is in the house. How are you doing, Julie? Why, oh, why is there no SMH emotion thingy? I don't know. I don't know. Bridge, let's see, Lee Grant, that's a reply. Of course, you know the standard every case, Biden inflation. No, it should be uh, Trumpflation. <laughs> all right. Lee Grant says, Omar, or rather before, every case's rate was 1.4 when Biden came in and has gone up due to spending money. Again, if, 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 uh, if an accountant like you decide to put your head in the sand, if an accountant like you decide to be, to be uh, swayed by the stupidity of the right-wing media machine, that's your choice. I can't help you there. But know that every time you make statements like that, it diminishes what people think about your intellect. It really does. 
And I'm not talking about just people like myself, but many others. Lee Grant says, Omar still in the news. The host of The View sparred over past controversial remarks made by Representative Ilan Omar, including whether she was telling the truth when she claimed she was unaware of tropes about Jews and money. I can tell you, I believe her. And you know why I believe her? Because I am unaware, I am unaware as well. And I've called, there are many times I've called uh, Jewish friends, including Bruce. Hey, is that a anti-Semitic thing, man? Again, you don't know. And that's why I don't judge people when they say certain things that may be anti-Black, anti-Latino, anti-Caribbean, if it is coming out of ignorance. You can't blame somebody if it comes out of ignorance. Julie Henderson says, absolutely, Biden is not responsible. The inflation, Fed interest, unemployment, which will be pointed to him next, corporations are responsible for all. Julie Henderson, te quiero, hermana, te quiero. Love you, girl. Love you. You're absolutely right. Uh, Bridge says, wish MTG, I think I read that one already. Uh, Julie says, love Biden, but not the 20, not in 2024, need younger blood. Whoop, whoop. I agree. Um, I'm not a Biden fan, but like I said, I voted for Biden. I campaigned for Biden. I wanted my guy in there, which is Bernie Sanders. Bernie didn't close the deal. And if Bernie didn't close the deal, I had to pick the next most progressive person. And that was Joe Biden. And Joe Biden turned out, let me be frank. Joe Biden turned out to be much more progressive in the policies he supported than I expected him to support. So, I mean, and, and here's the other thing. I don't know, I don't know, but there's a good possibility that for Trump, Joe Biden was the one that could actually win big against Trump. And when you look at what Trump did with the, the, the white vote and uh, the vote that, the, and the non-thinking POC vote, when you think about that, Trump didn't do a bad job. I wonder about those people, both white and POCs who voted for him. I honestly, I honestly wonder about their self-worth, given that we know this guy cares nothing about, and I'm not even talking about on a personal level, I'm talking about on, an, on, an, on the aggregate level, cares about them. It always befuddles me, but I love them anyway, like I love my sister, who is the older sister, who is a Trump supporter. My younger sister is almost a lefty. Like, Well, it's lefty also, but I don't know if she's quite as left as I am. I don't know. She's kind of quiet, so I don't know. She's a doctor. Anyhow, uh, she's a doctor who believes in healthcare for all now. Let me be clear. We believe in healthcare for all. Continuing. Uh, let's see. Para ver, para ver, para ver. Waters wants you to get in people's faces and make them uncomfortable. I do too. But I want to do it with respect. I want to query them like I do in Starbucks. Because sometimes I'm talking and yes, sometimes they get uncomfortable, but then they get to love you. Because they know your interest is really their interest. All right. Uh, I think, you know, I, I started a bit early, so maybe yes, but it's supposed to again, please. Sorry about that. Even that or I missed it. There's a lot of stuff going on here, my dear beautiful lady. You know that. You've seen it. All right. Bridge MC, PC, Egberto, we, uh, okay, let's see. Tom C says, Julie Henderson, 
Hope you're okay. Not the best way to enjoy an ambulance ride. Oh, wait. You see, I'm missing, I'm missing messages because I didn't know Julie was in an ambulance. So, uh, so again, I must have missed some messages somewhere. Okay. Let's continue this. Let's continue this, my dear beautiful people. Trump is not in office. Take some of your own responsibility. We always do. Even while he was in office, we took responsibility where it was required. Uh, Lee Grant says, a bit of politician, bravado, no big deal. Bridge MCP, okay. Julie Anderson said, Bernie would have won if he had a politician's personality, but he says it, it as it is, not sold out. Professor Bernie, Bernie Katie, 2020. I would love, you know what? That would be a dream ticket. Young person and Bernie. You know, I, I, I like that, Julie Henderson. I like that, Julie. Melanie Keelan says, getting in late. Evening, everybody. Hello, my beautiful uh, Melanie. And Paul Fleming says, which state has the worst governor? Texas. Texas born none. Because Texas has a lot of money. And his he can use all that power for not good. It is amazing. All right, I got another video that I want to show all my peeps. I want you guys to tell me what you think about this. Actually, you know what? Beforehand, before I do that, I want you guys to listen to my girl, uh, AOC. Let's see if I can scroll to... I really love what she had to say. I think there's a minute clip that she took out on the show. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Let's go ahead and play. Let's go ahead and play her. Here is also one of the disgusting legacies after 9-11 has been the targeting and racism against Muslim Americans throughout the United States of America. And this is an extension of that legacy. Consistency. There is nothing consistent. Thank you. Now, as also as a fellow New Yorker, I think one of the things that we should talk about here is also one of the disgusting legacies after 9-11 has been the targeting and racism against Muslim Americans throughout the United States of America. And this is an extension of that legacy. Consistency, there is nothing consistent with the Republican Party's continued attack except for the racism and incitement of violence against women of color in this body. I had a member of the Republican caucus threaten my life and you all and the Republican caucus rewarded him with one of the most prestigious committee assignments in this Congress. Don't tell me this is about consistency. Don't tell me that this is about an a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks when you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting women of color in the, in the United States of America. Don't tell me because I didn't get a single apology when my life was threatened. Thank you. There you go, girl. Now tell me that isn't the real thing. Okay, Breach. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, wow. Okay, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll read out. I'll look for those links. Let me just tell you, uh, Breach, there's, there's so much that I'm getting bombarded with. A lot of things fall through the crack. Oh, she just said it. Uh, Julie, Julie, Julie. Uh, I am so happy that all worked out fine after that that attack. Uh, wake up call. I'm okay. Thank God. Never know when your time is up. Girl, I am. We are so happy you are still with us. How are you feeling? Um, 
tell me, are, is everything okay? Uh, did you kind of get back to normal? Do they have you on a, on a regimen now? Did you have a stand? Let, let, let us know, you know, you know, your family, girl, your family. Anyhow, tell me as I play the last video that we have ready to go. Check it out. What gives, what gives, what gives? We had a monstrous, a monstrously great jobs report. 517,000 jobs created. More than twice what anybody thought was going to get created. Everybody thought we were going to get 186, 187,000 jobs. Well, we got 517,000 jobs. Middle class America is going to work. Poor America is going back to work. Unemployment rate drops to 3.4%. Great, great. Which means we have more people looking for jobs. Companies are going to have to pay a bit more because, again, we have good demands for jobs. Great for the economy. People are going to make money. They're going to buy, etc., etc., etc. But, oh, 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 you had to throw a wrench into the right? I want you to listen to this, and then we'll talk analyses on the other side. Because this is what demonstrates the abject failure of this economic system and the titans of finance who designed and run, run, run it. Check this out. Payrolls surged by 517,000 jobs in January, much better than the 187,000 expected. That's a lot better. The unemployment rate fell to 3.4%. Let's bring in the co-anchor of CNBC's Squawk Box, Andrew Ross Sorkin. Also with us, chief economist at LinkedIn, Karen Kimbrough. You cannot keep this economy what is down. It is crazy. Interest rates keep going up. We keep hearing about a coming recession. And then we get 517,000 jobs added. Unemployment dropping to 3.4%, the lowest rate since 1969. I ask again, what is going on with this economy? Well, I think it's unabashedly good news in so many ways, uh, in part because, it, frankly, it was unexpected. We keep talking about all these headlines, whether it comes to tech companies or, or others uh, that have been laying people off. And yet there is clearly uh, an employment market on the other end. You, you said it. 1969 is the last time we've had such a, a good employment market in, in this regard. Uh, the conundrum, and I, I always hate to bring up the conundrum, is uh, Jay Powell and the Federal Reserve, oddly enough, they don't like this. They don't like this because what this means <laughs> is that crazy. We, are, we are unable potentially to control inflation. Uh, he desperately wants to get inflation back to 2%. When you look at a number like this, which is so good for so many Americans in certain ways, but of course, inflation has this uh, deleterious effect on everybody and it's silent, or at least it's, it's such a quiet way to do it. Um, you know, the question is, what does the Federal Reserve do about all of this? And so, you know, we, we talk about it all yeah. the time. There's good news and the numbers are, are, as I said, unabashedly good news. But then you have to say to yourself, OK, well, what is the Federal Reserve going to do about it? And the truth is that the Federal Reserve says this is terrible news and we may have to put our foot back on the neck of the economy in ways that just two days ago, at least the markets were saying maybe they're going to let off. 
Right. And, and, and so yesterday, of course, Karen, the markets go up. I mean, a lot of these tech companies, the stocks explode right now. The futures for the Dow down. It's so fascinating. Yesterday, we saw the Fed sort of take its foot off the gas a little bit, maybe suggest that we've reached peak inflation. The same happened in the UK. But, but Lagarde and the EU said not so fast. We still have inflationary pressures. She kind of kept her foot on the gas. Maybe she He's right, huh? I mean, this economy is still strong. We're definitely seeing the same thing you're seeing um, over here in our data. I have to tell you, labor markets look tight. They look strong. Jobs are still there for those that want them. And many employers are still struggling to fill roles. So this is definitely an economy with a lot of momentum. And if I were to like have one key takeaway, I would say that there is probably a lot more room and, you know, or gas in the tank for this economy to keep going. And, and, and why is that? I mean, where, where you know, it, it was, you know, over the past year, we said, oh, well, you know, we had all of the COVID relief checks and you had all of that money pouring into the economy. Most of that is washed through now. Most of that is washed out now. And that's why people were predicting that by this time we're going to be facing a recession. No. I mean, this economy is still going strong. Any clues as to what's driving it? Yeah, well, you've said it yourself. This is a very resilient labor market. And one of the things that is happening that we see is that 94% of working Americans feel really confident about their careers and their jobs. Mm -hmm. So when Americans feel confident about their ability to earn money, they're going to feel a little more confident about their ability to spend money. And that's going to keep the economy going. So there's a lot of confidence still out there. We see it in the professionals and workers who are coming to our platform. And I would say also there's just a lot of jobs out there still. So employers are still hiring. And as long as that yeah. continues, right. that's going to kind of create some worries for Jay Powell, of course. So, Andrew, on that note, is there a, still a labor shortage? Is it still tough pretty in, in a, on a serious level oh, to get workers? There is, and how there is does- clearly a labor, sh- labor shortage. And, and by the way, to answer Joe's earlier question, this is customer driven, meaning the consumer mm-hmm. is still spending. Now, the question, uh, if you're in the, in the skeptic business, is to say, why are they still spending? And, and one of the issues we should note is when you you look at the, the the credit card debt, the debt of the, the, the American consumer, it is rising. So, yes, oh they're boy. spending, but they're not spending with their own money. And so then the question becomes later on down the line, um, do they have enough money on the other end of this? When you talk, and I think we talked about this just a week or two ago, a lot of the bank CEOs who have real access to be able to see you know, what consumers have in their bank account, they say it's going to get tough come June or July, August. Now, that was before this employment report, so we'll see see whether whether that changes. But if you're trying to sort of look out as to what happens uh, in the second half of of this year and farther out, there are still some signs or at least some red flags uh, to think about. All right. So great report. People are getting jobs. Wages are going up. But the financial sector doesn't want that. Why? Because if more people are working, the way there's going to be wage inflation, which is a good thing. Wage inflation is a great thing. It means that over, remember, since the since Reaganomics, we have not been getting any substantive raise at all. No substantive raises since Reaganomics began. And we're still in the semblance of Reaganomics. No substantive wage increases. We've, we've flatlined 1%, 2%. 
But the wealthy, their, their wage increases, their profits have been going through the roof. Our productivity, our creation, we the people making money that's transferred just to the few. Okay. So now we have a lot of people working. We have an economy that's efficient enough to produce what it needs. Real meaning there should be no real inflation except on things like eggs where there are real shortages. But oil inflation, false. Uh, wheat inflation, false. All these things shouldn't be occurring. But the titans of finance, of course, in order to take or suck the last blood, they raise the prices because they have what? We've discussed this on politics done right several times. Price and power. They can set the prices. And if it's something that you must have, if it's something that you need, health care, certain kinds of foods, etc., you will pay those prices. And they also know you got some stimulus on early, which you could go ahead and give right back to them in the form of inflated prices for products and oh wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute and since you didn't do a lot of shopping during the the, the, the pandemic to go eat outside and all of that you had money on your credit card so you had money on your credit card you had wages now and you also have savings that you kind of accumulated over the pandemic we are going to take it all but if the jobs report's good and people are getting jobs and people are making money and we can't sucker you anymore with high prices, here comes the feds. The feds are going to make sure prices don't go up. They're not going to tell these guys, stop it. They're not going to tell these guys, if you make excess profits, we will tax it in the form of windfall profit tax. A windfall profit tax. Now, now, they don't want to do that, right? The government should be, the feds should, well, actually, it's not the feds who can do that, feds monetary policy, but the government could use fiscal policy to bring down inflation. They could use fiscal policies, the policies created by the government, monetary policy, the feds, and so forth, who control the money supply. Okay? They could, if they wanted to. Say, we are not going to put the onus on the American people. We're going to put the onus on the corporations who created this mess in the first place. They are the ones who outsourced to China, which created an initial supply chain problem. They are the ones who created something called just-in-time inventory, which means if there's a pandemic, if there's a flood, if there's a hurricane or whatever, we can actually have large supply disruptions. And since we don't have inventory, because we want to save a whole lot of money for the rich people with just-in-time inventory, that is another way that, we, we, that, that, that they created the problem. And also, don't forget, just because they have price and power, they could just increase the prices. They could lie to you about there not being enough oil. They could lie to you about all these things, which they did, charge you more, and then ask you to pay them to reduce their prices. And how do you do that? They, the feds increase interest rates on you. All that money that you, that you bought on credit because of these price increases now, you are going to pay on that instead of on products. You're going to pay on that interest rate that you have now. And who gets that money? Oh, my God. The bankers, the banksters. Get it, folks. We have to take this country back. And it's not about taking the country back from each other, conservative versus liberal or progressive versus uh, right wing. That's not the, that's what they want you fighting about. 
They want us fighting against each other so that we don't see the culprit. We don't understand the culprit, which it's them. The plutocracy, the very few, the ones that are pulling the strings. Let's grow up, understand what this job reports was really about and why we have some negative notions of this great jobs report. We Absolutely so, my people. Bridge says, Wells Fargo owes customers more than $2 billion. Here's what you should know. Millions of Wells Fargo's customers are in line for relief money after the government found the banking giant violated a host of federal consumer laws between 2011 and 2022. Regulators at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau have announced how account holders can collect some of the cash. The details were released about a month after Wells Fargo's entered into an agreement with the CFPB, the CFPB just before Christmas 2022. The settlement includes more than $2 billion in reparations to customers who suffered financial losses and an additional $1.7 billion that will go to a victim's relief fund as part of a civil penalty. Customers with Wells Fargo mortgages and finances and deposit accounts entitled to relief. It's about time. All right, let's see. We also have, uh, let's see. Oh, thank you so kindly. Egberto Willis, truth teller on a roll. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate that. Uh, E2247 also said, Egberto works solidly with the black prolific tradition. We gain from his effort and work. Thanks, Egberto. Thank you, folks. I mean, the fact that you listen, the fact that you share, the fact that all this is done. I mean, this is always going to be a, what's effort that we call it? It is always going to be a collective effort. Those of us who have the wherewithal to do what I'm doing, let's do it. If anybody else wants to get into this domain where we can actually share this stuff, what I mean is share what I've learned doing this stuff. You create one. We need multiple folks doing this. And we need to all work together. That is how we make the change. It's not going to come from the corporatocracy, the corporate buildings, the corporate media, the, none of that. It's going to be we the people. And that's why, you know, I was talking to my white ring, right wing brother um, at KPFT. This guy, <laughs> he accused him. Um, <laughs> he's disabled, right? And he's a Trump supporter and all that good stuff. Love the guy. And it turns out um, when he comes um, when he, he, he's, he comes and he looks at me, you talk to everybody like that? I try to explain to him, yes, I talk to everybody like this. I, you know, I love everybody. I don't care who you are. And so we're leaving the KPFT now and it's raining and he's parked in the handicap area in front of the building. So I'm like, look, man, get into my car. I'll take you to your car so that you can, uh, I don't want you to have to walk in this. You may slip all that good stuff. <laughs> and he looks at me and he, he turns around and he says, you're not going to kidnap me, are you? I'm like, come on, man. You know I'm not going to do that. Get your butt in the car. Let me take you to your car. And then we, we drove and I took him to his car. And then he says, you know what, man? I'm going to listen to your program. I'm like, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I'm going to listen to your program. I said, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. When I, look, when I have anybody who tells me they're going to listen to the program, I'm happy. When a right-winger tells me they're going to listen to my program, uh, I, you know, it, it, it has that, it, it tells me that we're doing the right thing. I notice I keep saying we, because even this community that we have here, 
when you have our brother Lee Grant in here and he knows he gets all the love in here, even though sometimes we want to do this to him. Hey, Lee, let me tell you something, brother Lee. Sometimes we want to do this. Bang, 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 bang to you, brother Lee. But, you know, we know, we know. Or even Eric Hayes. Now, Eric Hayes, sometimes I want to do this. <laughs> but I love the brother, you know. But anyway, um, Eric says, fully recommend this to you, some new info to learn some facts. Well, it all depends. Oh, you know something, Eric? Please remember I was in oil. I really was in oil. It's not like I don't know this stuff, but I can always learn. You're right. I can always learn. If, it, if, if it's good stuff, I'd learn. UFC moves Egberto? What? Oh, boy. All right, A2247 says, if you want to defend democracy, you must be willing to learn about and take a stand on foreign policy, not just only domestic policy. I ask to you, act on big foreign policy issues. You are so right, A2247. The war in Ukraine is proof that nuclear weapons do not make us safe, but rather a threat of nuclear weapons can be used to facilitate a nuclear, a non-nuclear war. True. Breed says, starting Sunday, the EU will prohibit imports of Russian gasoline, diesel, and other products from Russia refineries used throughout. You know, you know that's the worst thing a country can do is make themselves obsolete. And you have to know how far you can take certain things. Russia slipped. They just don't know it yet. But they, they royally slipped. E2247, e does, it doesn't have to be this way. With the right policies and safeguards together, we can... Work toward a world free from the nuclear threat. Yes, and that's what we should be doing. Europe leaders from Bridge MCP, European leaders meet in Kiev to discuss Ukraine's path toward joining the EU. This is the first time a summit with Ukraine as an official candidate for membership in the EU has taken place. Traditionally, Ukraine and European Union leaders have met uh, regularly for summits since 1990. We are at a crossroads at a global economy, E2247. Paul Fleming says, Florida panel requires students, athletes to give their min menstrual history. Really? That is so terrible. Eric K says, why is it that most money given to Ukraine is not hitting the front line? Why the people have to steal? Your, your uh, question is as good as any, my friend. Union of Concerned Scientists. All right, let's see what time is it. It's 3.50. Um, I don't have any more videos, so the rest of the program is dedicated to whatever questions you ask, whatever information you want to put out there. In August, POTUS expressed readiness to negotiate a new agreement before our last bilateral arms control treaty with Russia. New start expires. Egberto, will you send kid from Birmingham video this messenger? Thank you very much, um, Bridge. I'm going to take a look at that. I imagine I can actually publicize it if I, well, uh, Facebook is not going to allow me to put that up there. Uh, not Facebook, um, Insta not Instagram. YouTube is going to take it down as being uh, out of community standards and all that crap. I don't know. Some people get it up there, but every time I try one, I get a community standards warning, not violation, but warning. Uh, 20, let's see. A dirty bomb is not a nuclear bomb. Union of Concerned Scientists. No, it's not a nuclear bomb because the, the reaction is not at the nuclear level, but at the chemical level. Bridge MCP says police won't release the videos on their own. They won't. What I think I'm going to do, Bridge, is I think I am going to create 
my video on top of that video and just kind of use a little bit of snippets, maybe a picture or something. Uh, because, I, you know, I, I, let me ask you, no local station is carrying that story? I'll wait for your answer. Paul Fleming says, if I were a female athlete in, in Florida, I would use a portal to transfer out of the crazy state. The governor has gone. <laughs> oh, you know, sometimes it seems that way, Brother Fleming. Sometimes it does seem that way. Sometimes it seems that way. If you want to defund democracy, you must be willing to learn about and take a stand on foreign policy, not just only domestic policy. I asked you, act on being, well, rather, I asked to you, act on big foreign policy issues like arms control. Yeah. You know, let me just say one thing here, um, E2247. There is so, there's so much material to cover, so much. And I tell you, I get up, like last night, I did my exercise at probably 2 in the morning. Actually, it was 1.30 in the morning. Then I came back to finish up a few things with YouTube here. Then went kind of took a shower and then went to bed. I think I was in bed probably by 3 something or something like that. And before I go to bed, I'm thinking about what am I going to cover best of all this list of things that I want to cover. What am I going to cover that's going to get the most eyeballs that's going to make a difference? It's always that, right? And let me give an example about today. Today, I had three stories to carry at KPFT. Ilan Omar, the jobs report, and the killing of the guy that Rudnan turned, turned us on to yesterday. And... My choices, I, I knew I was going to run out of time. So my choices happened to be the jobs report first, Ilan Omar second, and that is where I ended because, well, I didn't have the time to cover the rest. And, you know, I sit down and I, it, it kind of it messed with my mind because it was that guy walking on his stunts that got shot in the back by police officers that needed coverage as well. But these other, you know, it, it, sometimes you don't know if you have a limited time what's best to cover and how it's going to reach. I figured that the other one was going to be a long-term thing. I knew the jobs report was a short-term story. I knew that Ilan Omar was a short-term story uh, for, this, for this part. So I figured I'd take those two because the police story was a long-term story that I could do again and again and again while these were kind of time-limited. That was my call. But to get back to what you're saying, E2247, it is difficult sometimes when, you know, I, and not only that, I get calls, like, a lot. And folks would like, you need to cover this, you need to cover that, you need to cover this. You know, I got a call... In fact, three days ago from my good friend at KPFT. And he gave me a list of three things he wanted covered. And I said, yes, I will cover because it, they need to be covered. But you can see where I'm getting. You can see what I'm getting. Egberto always have a backup filler. Yes, I always do. I always do. Um, 
sometimes the backup filler is too much that I can't even get to the backup filler. But you know how that goes, Eric. Uh, anyway, Eric, we got to go for some coffee in the next couple of weeks. I just thought about that. And I'd like to get, I'm, we're in Fun Drive right now at KPFT. I want to know, let's, I, I want to have Bruce sitting down with me one of those days talking Fun Drive. Uh, is Bruce in the house? I, didn't, I don't remember if I saw Bruce earlier. But he, I saw him at the noon show, but I don't know if I saw him here. But I'd like to get you in the uh, house with me, uh, Bruce, one, one day of this, of the, 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 the fun drive is going to be going three weeks. I'll still be covering stories. And I'd like you to, uh, you know, break the ice and come on out, um, Lee Grant. Come on out with me and sit down. Just sit down and chill out. You know, say a few words if you want to say a few words. Um, we had quite a few people in there today as well. So I, I try to tell folks that what I'm doing at KPFT with community radio, I really want it to be community radio. I don't mean community liberal radio or progressive community radio or something like that. I want it to be community radio. And meaning if anybody that listened to me here is in town or whatever, and I'm on stage, come on into the studio with me. And, you know, we, you know, that is how you break bread to make a change, right? You're around, you know, you're, you're around everybody, whether you agree with them or not. That is how you do it. And yes, Julie, all good now. Definitely a wake-up call. Thank you all for your compassion. Appreciated. Well, Julie, we can't let you go right now, girl. You got to hang around. Who am I going to be able to talk to on YouTube, girl? You better hang around. Uh, let's see. Break biscotti and coffee. We'll do that, Eric, uh, pretty soon. Ask a... Oh, thank you. <laughs> I need to also do my ask. What the hell is wrong with me? I get into these tangents where I'm talking. For the podcast people, listen to me. Hang with my, when I go into my bloviations, hang with me because somebody in the chat is going to set me straight and say, Egberto, what the hell are you doing? You got to go ahead and tell folks to sign up for Ask Egberto Anything. So please sign up for Ask Egberto Anything. Let's do it at 11 mañana. Okay. 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, manana. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash askegberto. Also, please support the program. How can you do that? You can do that by going to PayPal, politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal, politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. Also, you can support us on Patreon. I would prefer Patreon. Now I need to build up my Patreon my, my Patreon. Uh, supporters. That's politicsunright.com slash patron. Politicsunright.com slash patron. And of course, if you're on YouTube, just go ahead and push that join button. Become a member of the YouTube PDR Passe. And of course, you can support us on Facebook by going to politicsunright.com slash Facebook. And if you're not on YouTube but want to support us on YouTube, go to politicsunright.com slash YouTube and shop at our store. Get our hats like uh, get our hats like our beautiful Alistair Water did. Check out Alistair in the hat. And how do you do that? Uh, go to politicsdoneright.com slash store. And you can get the hat like what Alistair's wearing there and a lot of other stuff, including the cups that I'm going to show you right now. You see those cups that you see there uh, with all our great members already who bought it and messed with it and good stuff, as well as get our books, those books that you see 
scroll around politicsandright.com slash books. And last but not least, all our support links can be found in politicsdoneright.com slash support. politicsdoneright.com slash support. Well, it's time for me to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. I want you guys to have a wonderful weekend. Please remember to go ahead and sign up for Ask Egberto Anything at askpoliticsandright.com slash askegberto. And you guys have a wonderful weekend. I will enjoy it myself working. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.